Hello and welcome to episode number 596 of the Handgun World Podcast, a practical show done by a practical guy. That is me, brought to you by Keepers Concealment, the leading authorities, the best on appendix carry, products, training, everything. Check them out, keepersconcealment.com. If you like to carry your handgun in the appendix carry position, I'm telling you, folks, these are simply the best holsters for appendix carry, and I own several. Check them out, keepersconcealment.com. Handgun World gives you a, a coupon discount code of 10%, Handgun World, and they are members of their affiliates of CCW Safe, the leading legal protection for all concealed carriers, and you can get a discount. Find the discount code in the show notes. To get a discount on a membership at CCW Safe as well. So this week, I taught one day beyond concealed carry uh, self-defense class with Ben Branham from the Modern Self-Protection Podcast. And so I turned the recorder on and asked him while we were driving if we could record some of our thoughts that we learned after teaching a nice little group of students at Beyond Concealed Carry a one-day class on Saturday. So you're going to hear that interview coming up pretty soon. And uh, there's some good information in there. I will just apologize in advance for background noise. I tried to eliminate it as much as possible. We were driving. Ben was driving. And we were in the truck. So uh, I got the audio quality fairly good. This interview is brought to you by Concealment Solutions, another holster maker. And their expertise is outside the waistband and inside the waistband hybrid holsters. Check them out, concealmentsolutions.com. Once again, Handgun World is your discount code there. Check them out, concealmentsolutions.com. Here's my interview with Ben Branham. Well, Ben Branham is with me, and we're actually in the vehicle. Ben's driving. Ben, we just finished... One day beyond concealed carry in the Houston area. We had a great class. It was hotter than snot. You missed it. I'm sorry. You should have been there. <laughs> How do you think the class went? What did you see and what did you observe? The class was great. When we had four students, we got to do a couple of advanced techniques that are normally not in our class. So we got to do a little extra. And we had some cool students. Ex-military guy... Uh, self-defense guy that we've taught before and another guy that was one of our pot piece pot persons shout out to you three guys that were there it was a pretty incredible course we had a lot of fun but observed um guns are getting more and more advanced aren't they we got people in the course and most of them had gucci something or others yeah it's too bad it was a small class but you know we're the kind of people that will go out large or small and do it uh, yeah, the, the the firearms were pretty cool, and uh, saw some, you know, nicely modified guns. And one guy just had a simple third generation Glock 19, and we didn't really have a whole, didn't see a whole lot of malfunctions either. 
No, actually, that was pretty low, especially since some of the guys were running horrible wolf ammo like me. I think we only saw one or two of the day, and most of the students put... One of them told me he, he put 380 rounds down range, so that was a good day. Yeah, it was a good day. They learned a lot of things that they didn't that they normally don't get to practice or do and that's one of the benefits of training classes is that a decent instructor is going to have you do things you can't just go to your public range and practice right and they're going to demo it for you uh, which we did yeah and my demos could have been better i was a little out of practice me too and then i did dumb things you ever you just do stuff when you do it you know what's wrong you know i was i'm showing guys how to move back and forth and I'm watching the dot on my pistol. I'm pressing the trigger as I'm moving back and forth. I got a good rhythm going. I'm hitting the target. And then I saw that dot high and to the right, just hanging out off the target. And I'm like, that's not right. And I pulled the trigger anyways, and I winged around high and right. And I don't know why that just happens, but I guess it just happens. Even as an instructor, I'm embarrassed when I'm like, oh, I missed that one. That wasn't right. And then I'm like, why did I do that? I don't know. Well, I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, we're humans, and we make mistakes just like other humans. And I don't really think it's a bad thing for instructors to make mistakes. We don't want them to make too many mistakes. But that people can see that we're human. And you know what? People learn from mistakes, Ben. You know, they learn what what happens when you don't have a good trigger press, when you don't keep your sights in alignment. You know, when you don't handle the gun properly, don't have the right kind of grip etc etc i think it's it's learning experiences yeah and if you can tell them what happened and why you did it it's a big help that's the key you, if you can tell them what happened what went wrong then that's something that they can hopefully internalize and and then maybe they don't make the same same mistake that's what i'm always hoping but uh one of the one of the guys did call me a machine when we started doing long range stuff huh. and he handed me his lcp2 and yeah, said what can you do with this, and I said, oh, you got ammo? I'll shoot it. We started backing out, backing out, and at 50 yards, I could make a man hit every time with that little LCP2, little 380 nothing. Yeah, so anybody listening that says you can't be accurate with those tiny guns, that that's just simply not true. I'm sorry, we, we proved it. I wasn't as accurate with my LCP as you were, but I still was doing pretty good. I mean, I was making hits at over 30 yards with that thing, and you know, I wish people wouldn't call those belly guns because you can do a lot more with those than just belly-to-belly -belly distance. It's harder. It takes more work and more knowledge and more skill to do those long-distance shots. But, man, I want a pistol that'll perform, and I want to be able to perform everything that pistol can do. So today's guns are just incredible. You know, that I can hit a man-sized target 50 yards every time with a... What does that thing got? Like a 1.2-inch barrel on it? No sight radius? The sights are... They're milled into the side, the slide, for God's sakes. They're just little humps. I think it's more than 1.2 inches, but it's, yeah, it's it, it's a small, hard gun to shoot, but not really all that hard. I mean, if you if you have a reasonable amount of skill, you can do a lot with those small guns. All small guns nowadays. But what what manufacturers are building now is so much better than even 10 years ago. Yeah. And even the Gucci guns are getting better, too. We used to see all of the malfunctions. Anybody that Gucci'd out their Glock or their Smith & Wesson, they would always have problems left and right. You add something there that's not stock, it would cause a problem. 
and then I get you get very upset with me, somebody on the range that I make fun of your Gucci Glock because it's not running. Well, if it's not running, it's not working. If it doesn't go bang every time, it's not a self-defense gun and it needs to be put away for something that does. Yeah. Um, one one of our students ran his Glock 43X the entire class and he didn't have one single malfunction. He shot it extremely well. He made a lot of really good hits and that's his carry gun and I was glad to see him come and shoot the entire class with his carry gun. I think that's what you need to do. Yeah, but he had it Gucci'd out too. He had different springs inside, he had a different trigger, he had different sights, he changed out the magazines, he wasn't using factory mags, he was using the extended 15 round mags and he even bought extended five round base plates for his 15 round mags as backups. Those didn't work because he was using the steel ammo. They were creating too much friction and the spring wasn't strong enough. But with the normal 15 round mags, they worked fine and it ran like a top. I didn't see him clear any malfunctions from that. I saw him clear one and okay, it was a failure one. to fire. I don't know what happened. I didn't get a chance to pick up the round and look at it when he investigated, but there was one failure to fire. But out of 380 rounds, we're running the guns pretty hard. That's not unusual that I'll get a student to have one or two malfunctions in the class because it gets caught in their shirt, they're not holding the gun correctly, they're trying to do all sorts of other things. He did real well, but I was surprised that his Gucci Glock did real well too. Well, let me tell you why, because he explained to me he's been through the Glock Armors course twice. So that helps. He's got some knowledge as to what he's doing. He's not one of these people that's tinkering around with the gun and doesn't really have any idea what, what they're doing. He's been through the armorer's class. That's probably helpful. But we also had the guy with the Gucci Smith & Wessons all done out. He had the one from the pro shop, and he had one that he just put the dot and the light on and all the stuff, and it was kind of Gucci'd out too. And they both ran like a top, and he didn't have any problems with them either. Yeah. No, they, you know, you don't always have to keep your guns in stock configuration as long as you know what you're doing. You know, I've done shows about, you know, keeping them mostly stock. If you don't know, which if you haven't been to an armorer's class or you haven't received some training or coaching from somebody that knows how to properly modify, gun, modify guns, then I would suggest change out your sights, leave the rest of it alone, and just shoot it. Well, I'd even say that if you go to a class and you take that gun next to you, and you take your Glock 19 and you did whatever, you replaced springs, holsters, magazines, whatever you did with your Glock to make it Gucci, go stand next to a shooter that has just the out-of-the-box Glock for you, that you have in a class and shoot. If you have more malfunctions than he does, something's wrong with your Gucci Glock, you need to fix it. You just need to test it. Well, and, let me, and speaking of testing it, okay, let me tell you something. So we had that one student, all he had was just a regular third generation completely stock Glock 19 even the sights were the standard crappy Glock sights that everybody says is crappy right and he wasn't shooting very well he was you know throwing shots all over the place and so I asked him I said do you mind if I shoot your gun he says no no problem and I put four rounds in the size of a quarter with that gun uh, the same gun that he shot with the crappy stock Glock sights that everybody says doesn't work. That's horse crap. They work. The gun works. The sights work. 
it's the nut behind the gun pulling the trigger. And, you know, I didn't insult him. I was very polite about it, but I showed him what the gun could do. Well, and if you're an instructor, you got to be able to do that. So the student is having a problem because he thinks there's something wrong with his gun. So then he's worried in the back of his mind the whole time that there's something wrong with the gun, and he's not trying to correct the nut behind the wheel. So when I can take a gun, or Bob took his, this guy's gun, I do it normally at least once a class, there always seems to be somebody that says there's something wrong with their gun, so i got to shoot it to make sure it's right. I shoot the gun, it's right, and then hand it back to him, and then now they know without a doubt that there's nothing wrong with the gun, and now they can look inward and find the problem and fix themselves. And that shooter got really good really fast yeah. once he wasn't thinking about it. And that's exactly what he did. Once I put those four rounds into a tight group, he just kind of looked at me. His eyes got a little bit big, and then he started shooting better after that. He said, okay, it's me. Let me figure this out. Right. So if you're an instructor, you need to be able to do that. You don't have to be perfect. Me and Bob were talking about that No, earlier. I wasn't perfect. We're not perfect when we demo skills. But i got to be able to do at least that, take somebody's gun and shoot a good group with it, no matter what it is, so that they know that it's not the gun. Or, you know, if I shoot it and the gun's all over the place and I hand it to Bob and he shoots it, the gun's all over the place. Okay, dude, you got something wrong with your gun. It's all over the place for you. It's all over the place for me. It's all over the place for Bob. The sights are wrong. Something's wrong on the gun. Let's figure it out. And I think that's the exception rather than the rule. 90% of the time, the problem is the shooter... Today's guns, even something as simple as a third generation Glock 19, they are all, you know, they're accurate enough. I mean, they're, they're accurate. I mean, you know, four groups the size of a quarter, and I think we were just past seven yards. I mean, that's accurate enough. It, it doesn't need to be any better than that. It's the shooter 90% of the time. I've, I've handled some students' guns where where the sights were off or the optic was not zeroed properly or there was something going on. But I would say it's the exception. It's definitely an exception, except for when we get into Gucci guns malfunctioning. Generally, I get all the Gucci guns that malfunction and don't work, and I'm switching them out of the range, trying to take the Gucci gun and hand them a, a normal Glock 19 instead of their Gucci Glock 19 and getting it to run. I've seen students fight it, fight it, fight it, fight it, and it's their pet project, it's their pet gun. And I'm like, you're not getting anything out of this class besides learning how to do malfunction drills. And we were past that already. Let's do something else. Let's see if you can learn something else. Get rid of that freaking Gucci gun and get you something else. I don't think there's anything wrong with Gucci guns as long as it's done properly. That's what I'm saying. And uh, if it's done by somebody who knows what they're doing, then then they're, they're fine. But it's the people that, you know, think they know or see something on YouTube and say, oh, I'm going to do that to my gun and then... Sometimes they mess it up. Normally, I'm against all the Gucci guns for self-defense because all the Gucci guns work like Gucci guns. They're super-duper finicky. They're a pain in the ass, and they just don't run enough to actually get through a 400-round-day class without having all sorts of hiccups and problems. So normally, I'm like, no, we don't need the Gucci gun. Let's do something else. But today, you know, it was different. We had the two Gucci guns, and they were actually running. Normally, the Gucci gun is the exception, not the rule, when it runs. Well, most manufacturers know what they're doing. And most manufacturer, gun manufacturers, when they make a gun, most of them, I'm not going to say all, but most of them, they make it for reliability and accuracy. 
and they all do it differently. And almost all guns that you buy today, handguns or rifles, they're almost all good. I mean, they're good quality and they do what they're supposed to do. If the shooter can do what he or she is supposed to do. Yeah, so the Gucci guns, I just think, adds a layer of complexity to the firearm that doesn't need to be there. And then most of the time, like I said, it's the rule is they don't run. They don't run correctly. They don't run as well as a Glock 19 straight out of the box. And I know I can hear half of you typing already out there that you're going to type and just send it to Bob because I don't care. (laughs) You know, my Gucci gun runs great. I've never had a malfunction for it. Not one. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and like I said, there's some exceptions to the rules, but most of the time you Gucci out that gun and it no longer runs as well as the factory gun. And I get out there and I run you hard. I run the gun hard and I run and I make it hard on you and that thing starts choking. Well, you got to take that thing to a class that's pushing you beyond your limits to see if that gun's going to choke or not. That's the key. If you're just going to the square range, standing there and shoot 10 or 20 rounds at a time or 50 rounds or even 100 at the square range and just la-di-da, loading magazines, that's not testing your gun. Yeah, that's the key. You know, I've been actually, I've been a, a student at some classes and I would be shooting next to somebody that because they were in a class, they were running their gun harder than they've ever run it before. And bad stuff was happening. Malfunctions and lack of accuracy. And they would be saying things like, well, this gun's never done this before. Well, I think the reason it's never done that before is they've never run it as hard as you do in a 400 round one day class. No, especially when it's hot out, guns are slippery. They're already baking in the sun now you're actually running them hard and they get hotter and hotter all the things kind of add up to make that gun work harder than it normally does and harder than it does on the range on the square range when you're just shooting groups but if i can run it hard in a class and it doesn't fail me then i know when i'm going to run it hard for 15 rounds or whatever my gunfight needs to be that it's going to not fail me yeah and i'd like to know i guess i probably never will know but i could make some reasonably good assumptions that people listening to this podcast right now, very few have gone to the range and run their gun more than a hundred rounds at one time. Well, and then again, when it's hot, when it's slippery, you're a huge advocate. So am I of just going to competitions because you're going to run the gun harder than you normally do. And you're going to see if stuff breaks or not. Competition is a great way to test it too. We can all go, I know we can't all go to a 400 round day course no. and shoot and whatever it costs. It, training is super expensive, ammo is super expensive, and the travel is super expensive. Me and Bob are traveling right now. Gas prices in Texas, I know I'm going to complain, are $4.50 a gallon. And some of you in the in California and other places are going, ah, I wish it was $4.50 a gallon. But it's all really expensive. I know, I understand. But it's only your life. So you need to figure out a way to test your gun and test your skills to make sure that all this stuff can work and work like they're supposed to so that if that worst day ever comes, and I'm going to be mean here, that you don't fail your family and your friends. If you, uh, yeah. If you die in a gunfight, you failed your family. They need you. I've always said, isn't your life worth a thousand rounds of ammunition and the price of a gun? I mean, that's not that high. And I think your life is worth that. 
And I think that that's what you need to run through any gun that you're going to rely on for self-defense. Run it a thousand rounds. See how many malfunctions you have. See how good that you can get with that gun. And I don't care how you do it. I don't care if you go to 10 competition matches or if you go to one weekend thousand round class. I don't care how you do it, but just just do it because I think you owe it to yourself and your family and that your life is worth that much money. If at all possible. I mean, we're into the self-defense realm and that's what we do, especially here. Bob likes to talk about other stuff too, but it's self-defense. That's what him and I do. And I got to tell you that 2020, you know, the, the murder rate doubled. 2021, the crime rate almost doubled again. Violent crimes were up. I don't even know. How can I calculate And that? it's ridiculous this yeah. year in 2022. Fourfold over what it was in 2019. And I got news for you in 2022. It's going to go up again until we have some catalytic event to start pushing it back down again. It's just going to keep going up. Well, yeah. That sucks. And I want to I want to say something <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, I mentioned this. Uh, you, you might remember it was, it was four or five weeks ago when you and I and and um, John and Dean were, were competing. And uh, today's June fourth, uh, and I've already I've gone the first half of this year, and I have not bought a new gun. Sorry, I was looking at the giant accident. Yeah, we just passed an accident. Sorry. We got distracted. Anyways, June 4th, I haven't bought a new gun yet this year. That's good for you. You bought more ammo. We've been doing a lot more shooting. We've been going to more and more matches, which has been fun. I've made a commitment that, um, you know, I all I'm going to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run what I got. And I've got these two nice Shadow Systems guns, and they're excellent. And I made a commitment that for the rest of this year... I'm going to run these guns uh, a lot, and I'm going to shoot them a lot. Until and, and I'm not going to make a final decision on them. Initially, my I really like them, but I'm not going to make a final decision on them until December 31st when the year's over and I've had a chance to really run them hard. That's cool. Um, I'm just thinking that you know my training schedule's been down. I've only had one class since COVID started in 2020. I need to get out and train some more. It's been two years and I've had one class. It's pretty sad. But yeah. Yeah, I need to I'm still I'm saving up for my pennies for a new gun. I want to sig something or another. I haven't decided yet. But I need to get out and burn that in and go to a course and shoot a lot of ammo once I buy it. Well, I'm not saving my pennies for a new gun because to be honest, I don't need one right now. I got plenty. I got plenty that are good quality and uh they all can shoot better than I am, so I need to invest in myself, and I've always believed that investing in yourself is one of the best assets you have. You are going to pay yourself much higher returns and dividends than you would spending your money on another product. Yeah, we need to go some classes again. We need to pick one, and we should just go. <laughs> and I believe that about everything in life, not just shooting. Investing in yourself... Um, you know, there's a certain amount of power in knowledge, and there's a certain amount of success that you get from knowledge and, and putting that knowledge to use. But oftentimes, you can't get the knowledge unless you seek it and go for it and invest in it, and that means investing in yourself. You want to be cheap? Read a book. <laughs> you can get them for free at the library. Yeah, or listen to books. I like listening to them. Which you can also get a, a free on apps 
If you're listening to this, you can listen to a book for free too. You know, learn you something. And listen to podcasts. Most podcasts, you can learn something from them. And even, there's a pretty fair amount of good, decent YouTube channels out there. Some of the YouTube channels are garbage, but there's actually some that are pretty good that you can watch. And, and there's podcasts you can listen to. I mean, listening to a show, a podcast, is kind of like listening to an audio book, right? A little bit, but audiobooks are more succinct. Me and Bob are doing this off the fly, figuring out what we want to talk about. If I'm going to write a book, I'm going to put it out and I'm going to make sure that everything is correct and I'm going to stay on topic and do all those sorts of things. If you interview me, I'm just going to go any which way but up. Yeah, but there's knowledge in that too. There is. So I hope you're enjoying, learning something, having fun with us. While we're driving in the car with nothing else to do, we thought we'd talk to you. (laughs) Finally, what I'd like to say about this class is um, I I was pleased and disappointed I was pleased with the class, the students, what they were able to learn. I asked the students in the beginning of the class, I said, I'd like you to think about something today. And and that thing I'd like you to think about is, at the end of the day, I'd like you to tell me if you've been able to do something on this range with your handgun that you've never been able to do before. And they all said yes. That's what I was pleased with. What I was disappointed with was simply just the attendance. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of... We're back to this point where nobody wants to spend money on training again. And whatever you believe is going to happen in the future or not happen or however you think the future is going to go, it's your personal skills that are going to help you be better. As a person, with your family, in your life... I mean, me and Bob were having a long discussion about our kids trying to figure out how to make our kids better people by giving them more knowledge and more skills so whatever you think is going to happen in the future you need to go out and get a skill now and i'm not just talking about shooting if you're listening to this podcast you're probably on the upper echelon and you probably don't just learn stuff about shooting you learn stuff about other stuff too so go out and get some knowledge and pass it on to somebody see if you can make the world a better place and make people smarter Yeah, and uh, the last thing I'll say is, again, I was very pleased that actually there were a few of our students that actually ran their carry guns for at at least half of the class and one of them for the entire class. And I just, I've always kind of gotten a, I shouldn't say I got a kick out of it, but I just always kind of amazed sometimes when I either go to a competition match or a class and somebody's got this really nice, expensive, open division race gun, and they've done all the things to make it really easy to shoot, and then they leave the range and stuff a J-frame in their pocket, and that's their carry gun, and it makes me wonder, I wonder how much they've actually pro- uh, practiced with that J-frame revolver. Yeah, or worse, that they don't stuff a gun in their pocket at all. Or they, they don't put, carry it all, yeah. Put the gun in their bag and then walk off the range, and... This guy's an A-level shooter that can outshoot half of half of the people that go to courses and stuff, but then they don't carry their gun. You have an amazing skill that you took time to learn and hone, and then, hey, you know, if evil acts, you could need it, and then you don't bring the tools with you. I don't know, it's like being a master mechanic and not putting a wrench in the car when you go someplace. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, all right, Ben, well, thanks a lot. This was... Um this was fun. We may do another one 
uh, in the relatively near future. We're going to have to talk about that and kind of strategize about it. If you guys are interested, email us. You know how to get a hold of us, either one of us. Handgunworld.com or modernselfprotection.com. Bennett, Modern Self Protection. Handgunworld at gmail.com. Any last thoughts, Ben? Nope, I think I hit everything I was looking for. <laughs> go get some training. Go help some people out. Make the world a better place. Take somebody shooting. There you go. Give somebody some of your knowledge and skill. You're, if you're listening to this, I know you're better than the average idiot out there with a gun. You're actually learning stuff. Well, take one of those average idiots and learn him something too. <laughs> All right, thanks. Many thanks to Ben, and it was a great class. You know, it was a small group. I understand that sometimes attendance is not exactly what you want it to be, but Ben and I are dedicated. We go out and teach when we say that we're going to be out there to teach. If you're interested in having us do a class, and by the way, if it's going to be a small group, we only have to send one of us there, either myself or Ben. It doesn't matter. Reach out to me, handgunworld at gmail.com. That's the best email to use, handgunworld at gmail.com. Ben's website is modernselfprotection.com. And he does a great podcast that you really should also listen to. It's quite good. Please remember to join our Shooters Club. I took a bunch of video at that class. And this week, I'm going to put the video together and I'm going to upload it to both Shooters Club and Handgun World Patreon supporters. So if you support me on Patreon, you're going to get the video. And if you support both of us at the Shooters Club, ShootersClubMembers.com, I'm going to put that video up there this week. ShootersClubMembers.com or Patreon.com slash HandgunWorld. You can find all of this stuff in the notes. That's it. Kind of a short episode. Sorry, just a bit late, but I hope you enjoyed it. I welcome comments and questions. This is Bob Main. You've just listened to another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. Shoot straight, shoot safe, read your Bible every day, and I will talk to you again next week. Goodbye. Good